The main difference between worshiping God in the Old Testament and the New Testament is defined by what Jesus said in John chapter 4. Jesus said, They that worship God must worship God in spirit and in truth. God is a spirit. It's all centered around worshiping God through the spirit of God. We cannot see a spirit. Anything we can see with the natural eye is flesh. In the Old Testament, they had many symbols of what God was. They had the tabernacle. They had the Ten Commandments. They had Levites who were the priests of God. They had special garments which they wore, which we do not do that in the New Testament church. A minister is not defined in the New Testament church by clothing. A minister in the New Testament church is recognized by the Spirit of God working through that minister. And we as Christians see the gifts of the Holy Spirit coming through that minister and we recognize that's something God has given to that minister. Ministers in the New Testament are not recognized by special clothing or any physical object. It is the Spirit of God that is the difference. There were certain people in the Old Testament that were called by God to do special works. Abraham, Moses, Joshua, many individuals. But the children of God in the Old Testament as a group were not given the Spirit of God. In order to find out what God wanted them to do, they went to a prophet who was given the Spirit of God. In the New Testament, it's totally different. Every individual who is born again is given the Spirit of God to lead him, to guide him, to show him what to do so he can directly communicate with God through Jesus Christ. And that's the main difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament. There are many things in the Old Testament which are examples for us, showing us what God thinks and how God thinks, showing us what to do, even promises of God that are valid for the New Testament church. But the one big difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament is that every person who believes in God and is born again has the Spirit of God living in him. Every person. Jesus said, except you be born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. You must be born again. John chapter 3. 
In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16, the Apostle Paul said, Know ye not that ye are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you? I attended a luncheon at Texas Tech University when I lived in Lubbock, Texas. It was downtown in a five or six-story building overlooking First Methodist Church. I was seated at a table by the window with about six other people. One woman looked out the window and pointed to the church building across the street and said, That is our church. And I said, We are the church. She just looked dumbfounded. And she said, I'm not a church. That's our church. And she pointed back to First Methodist Church building. And I just said, we're the church. And she got very angry. And she said, she says, we're the church. I'm not a church. That's our church. If we belong to God, we are born again and given the Spirit of God, and we are the church. It's not that we go to church. We are the church. And where two or three of us are gathered together in the name of the Lord, there is Jesus among us. We are the church. And God speaks to each of us who belong to him. He leads us and guides us by his spirit. John chapter 14, verse 26, Jesus said, But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. John chapter 16, verse 13. Howbeit when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, He will guide you into all truth, for he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear from God, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. In those two sections of scripture, we see four things the Holy Spirit does in our lives. He teaches us all things. He guides us into all truth. He reminds us of everything Jesus has said to us. And he shows us things to come. I learned this as a new Christian early on in my time as a Christian. Shortly after I was born again in 1975, I had a business at that time. Before I would go out to the reservation to buy art objects, it was an American Indian arts business, I would pray for God to have the Indian artist make the item that I needed to purchase. When I got to the reservation and looked at the art objects, I would pray for God to show me the exact items that I needed to buy for my shop. 
When I started back to Dallas, where I lived at that time, I would pray for God to send the angels out to bring the customers in to buy the items. I ran a business for four or five years during that period of time. I never had an object that didn't sell. I never put any sales in my shop. I didn't do like most people and have sales. I priced the item at a fair price, a fair market price. And every item that I sold, sold for that price. I never reduced the price on the items in my shop. I basically ran my business by the Holy Spirit and what God said the Holy Spirit would do. And I never saw it fail, not once. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 shows us a great deal about the work of the Holy Spirit. Start at verse 9. But as it is written, I hath not seen nor ear heard, neither entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him, but God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit. For the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the Spirit of man which is in him? Even so the things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. I just can't imagine living without the Holy Spirit. God knows past, present, and future. I can't imagine going forward in life without knowing that God guides us by His Spirit. I can't imagine not knowing these things, that we aren't alone here. We have the Spirit of God in us. And that Spirit of God reminds us, brings to our memory things to show us what to do as we confront the various problems of this life. There was a young woman one time who identified herself to me as being a Christian, and she said she prayed, and I said, and then what? How do you recognize what's of God? Well, she was just stunned. She had no idea how you recognize the wisdom that is from above. Many ideas come to us. Our own flesh produces ideas. Devils bring ideas to us, and the Spirit of God brings ideas to us. But how do you know which one is of God? Many Christians never think about this. 
They don't have any idea how they know it is God leading them. The first thing God taught me about this subject was Matthew chapter 11, verse 30. God's yoke is easy and his burden is light. If something is terribly difficult, I always know I don't have God's plan. If something is terribly expensive, I know I don't have God's plan on this. God's yoke is easy. His burden is light. The ideas that come from God, the wisdom that is from above, is defined for us in James chapter 3, verse 17. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, and easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits without partiality and without hypocrisy. If there's any form of deception involved in the plan, then you do not have the way of God. For the way of God is without hypocrisy. These are some of the ways you know which ideas are from God and which ideas are from devils and which ideas are from your own self. God's yoke is easy. His burden is light. His plans are without hypocrisy. But he leads us. He leads us constantly. He's bringing ideas to us constantly to show us what to do. And we have to evaluate those ideas to know if they are of God. That's why the Apostle John said, Beloved, believe not every spirit. You can't believe every idea that comes to your mind and think it's of God. Ideas come from devils. Jesus was tempted by Satan, and it's recorded for us in Matthew chapter 4. Then was Jesus led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterward hungered. And when the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. But Jesus answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Verse 5, Then the devil taketh him up unto the holy city, and setteth him on a pinnacle of the temple, and saith unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down, for it is written, He shall give his angels charge concerning thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against a stone. Jesus said unto him, It is written again, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Verse 8, And the devil taketh him up into an exceeding high mountain, 
and showeth him all the kingdoms of the world, and the glory of them, and saith unto him, All these things will I give thee, if thou wilt fall down and worship me. Then Jesus saith unto him, Get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Then the devil leaveth him for a season, and behold, angels came and ministered unto him. Devils bring ideas to us, and they will sometimes seem very religious and very right. So you have to be careful. There was a young couple at our church years ago. It's a married couple. They quit their secular jobs to go to Israel to minister, saying that God had called them to go to Israel to minister. About a week later, they were back at church. What happened? We all wanted to know. What happened? They said, well, we got to Israel. We weren't able to speak the language. We found there was nothing we could do in Israel to minister. They're very religious ideas that come to young people especially that are not of God. There are ideas that come to ministers that are not of God. You have to be very careful. God's yoke is easy. His burden is light. I have always found when God told me to do something, it was easy to be entreated. It wasn't something that was impossible to do. It wasn't something where I had to beg for money from the church. It was easy to be entreated. Some ministers get in terrible problems by building church buildings, by going all over the world and trying to preach the gospel, by too many radio stations, too many television stations, by huge bills which have to be paid every month. And then they get in the twofold trap of having to get their church congregations to pay for their works. And second trap is their own ego gets involved and they have to add more and more and more stations. Our pastor back in the late 1970s said he was going to be bigger than Kenneth Copeland. He was going to have more radio stations than Kenneth Copeland, more television than Kenneth Copeland. He fell into a terrible trap. He ended up basically destroying everything around him. His family, his wife, his own congregation, his building ended up being torn down completely, his church building. There's not even a visible sign today of that church building existing. It was Word of Faith in Farmer's Branch, Texas, Robert Tilton, the pastor. You can buy your own thinking and buy ideas brought to you by sources other than God, you can be destroyed. I've seen it happen too many times. So it is the Spirit of God in us 
who must be leading us. If we follow ideas from another spirit, we can be destroyed. Psalm 23, verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd. It is God leading me. And when that happens and I follow him, I shall not want. But so many ministers beg for money to pay for their works. A man came to do some extermination work at our house. And almost the first thing he told me is that he was a Christian. And then he began talking about summers when he goes off to minister at places. And he wanted to start telling me the places he'd gone to. And I stopped him and I said, let, let me ask you this. How did God show you to do this ministry work? How did he show you? Well, the man was totally dumbfounded. He had no idea. There's a scripture in Matthew chapter 7 where people will appear at the judgment seat of Christ telling Jesus, Oh, I've prophesied in your name. I've cast out devils in your name. I've done many wonderful works in your name. And Jesus will say to them, Depart from me, you worker of iniquity. I never knew you. That work was not authored by God. Matthew 7, start at verse 21. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have cast out devils? And in thy name done many wonderful works? And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. The work they're doing is not authored by God. Try the spirits, whether they're of God. Many ideas come to us that are not of God. Try the spirit bringing those thoughts. Well, probably the safest way to try the spirit is to turn to God in prayer. Is that you, God? Are you really telling me to do this? If so, confirm this to me. And if you have any question about it, how am I going to pay for this? How am I going to do such and such? If you have any question, go ahead and ask God. That's not a lack of faith. We should ask God these things. Is that you speaking to me? In 1980, January 10th, 1980, I was asleep in the night. I was awakened by a very loud voice speaking three words into my ear. It was like a trumpet blowing in my ear. And I heard Hartford, Seattle, KWJS. I jumped out of bed and wrote KWJS on a notepad. It seemed to me that it would be call letters to either radio or television. 
I found out it was a radio station. And I said to God, are you telling me to go on radio? I wouldn't know how to do that. Instantly, I had the following brought to my mind. Call the radio station manager. I did call him that same morning. And I said, God might be showing me to go on radio. How would you do that? And he said, make an audition tape 29 and a half minutes long. If you fit our broadcasting, we will offer you a contract. I made the audition tape that same morning, put it in the mail, mailed it that same day to the station manager. Within five days, I was broadcasting on radio exhortations to the church. I believe it was an angel of God who spoke to me in the night. It was a very loud trumpet-like voice. I've read that several times in the Bible, and I believe it was an angel of God. So I can tell you how I was put on radio. I can tell you exactly how God showed me to start a blog. I can tell you how God showed me to do these podcasts. On both the blog and podcast, I was given dreams. I was shown starving kittens that were just waiting at my door to be fed. And I knew this was God showing me church people who were starving. And they were waiting for me to deliver these messages to them. Is this an easy yoke? God's yoke is easy. His burden is light. On the blog, it costs absolutely nothing to publish the blog. It goes all over the world instantly. It is not censored by any human. I'm free to speak what God gives me, what I believe to be from God. And the same thing is true with the podcast. It costs $100 a year, a year. To have a podcast host, both the blog and the podcast go all over the world instantly, and they're very easy for me to do. And both, I have evidence of them being authored by God. You have to be sure that it's God who has told you to do this thing. So you pray and you examine it by the characteristics of the wisdom that is from above, James 3.17. And by Matthew 11.30, God's yoke is easy and his burden is light. Thank you for allowing me to speak to you today.